Okay, well, here we are, the very first Prawncast. Hello there, uh, this is Prawny, and thank you to everyone who's made contact with and supported me over the past few weeks, which of course have been a little challenging. This will also be challenging because um, I'm not necessarily sitting in the most soundproof room. Um, it's a little echoey, and it's just decided to bucket down. And there's claps of thunder and lightning and even some hail around my neck of the woods. Anyway, we'll persevere. Look, I won't say anything more about the uh, the sacking of a couple of weeks ago, only to say that I wish the network had taken into account the amount of work uh, that I'd put into the breakfast show before they decided to pump me. Anyway, water or storm water, as you can hear, under the bridge. So why do a podcast? I'm sorry, a prawncast. Well, I did put it off for a little bit, wondering if I maybe should or shouldn't, but after uh, receiving literally hundreds of messages, and I'm being honest here, hundreds of them, uh, messages and Facebook comments for me to do one, well, here I am. Uh, Plus, I'm going to be honest, I'm bloody bored. I'm looking for a new media gig, and it's a little hard, perhaps, for someone my age with my baggage. I'd like to say it's experience, but uh, it's baggage, yes. So as I look and apply for work, and also to stop me from climbing the walls, here I am. Um, uh, Thank you, by the way, to all of the friendly prawnies who signed that change.org petition that Christo and Jordan set up. Very flattering and and something that I don't think had ever been done. Can you hear that rain? Bucketing down. Anyway, I don't think that's ever been done before. I think it got close to 15,000 signatures. Hopefully, we can get the same amount tuning into... Oops, that's old habits. Downloading uh, the Prawncast. So, what to do, what to say? You know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean, I've listened to a few of the great news and political podcasts out there already. Of course, Jordan's Pod and the very wonderful Week on Wednesday from Van Batam and Ben Davison and their deep dive into the issues. Uh, The difference, of course, being that they do their conversations with, you know, two or more people. And for now, it's just little old me. So I think for now, until I organise some interview chats, which I will do, it's, I'll just take my time on some of the news and maybe some pop culture stuff. I mean, I'm dying to talk about that fantastic new Netflix show that I've just binged in a day and a bit, Inventing Anna. Oh, How good was it? How good? Also, I'll be posting some bits and pieces on the Prawncast Facebook page, which I'll grab your comments from and refer to in future episodes, so you can have your say a little bit as well. By the way, thanks to those of you who've flung a few dollars my way via the account link on the page as well. Uh, Look, I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm not doing this to make any money, uh, more to keep myself out there, to chat with you, uh, my former listeners and followers, and to maybe, just maybe, cause a few headaches for the haters who can't seem to realise we need a change or at least some greater transparency from governments. So, if you can, I'd appreciate you being a supporter. Just a few bucks to the link would help out heaps. Now, oh, thunder, thunder, thunder. If you maybe have any ideas or any topics that you might like me to talk about, any questions, any criticism, in fact. Of course, let me know on the Prawncast Facebook page. But go easy just for now, okay? This is my first crack at it. 
thunderstorm and all. So I want to start by referring to a piece that I wrote for The Big Smoke this week at thebigsmoke.com.au and thank you to my friend Alex Chelios for publishing it. Um, The cult of no personality regarding the Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Look, no matter where you look, there seems to be a current preoccupation with personality. Certainly when it comes to our politicians and whether it's Scott Morrison being all, you know, uh, promo and marketing, or whether it's the fact that some say that Albo, Anthony Albanese, is too bland. Now, I understand that elected representatives need to have some kind of public profile. Of course they do. But does it have to be as unpalatable as we saw on Sunday night's 60 Minutes? I understand the logic from the Morrison camp. Something needed to be done to throw the spotlight off the PM after he was eviscerated at the National Press Club by Grace Tame and Brittany Higgins. What about Grace and that bong, hey? (laughs) What? (laughs) How desperate must you be to drag through and publish old photographs of a young woman who, let's face it, did what a lot of people did when they were young. Anyway, the 60 Minutes interview was just the latest example, I think, um, of self-promotion going too far. Um, It's more a case of marketing your way into public life these days instead of stating what you actually stand for. Where are the policies? There were no policies mentioned in the 60 Minutes interview last week. It was, to me, a wasted opportunity. Instead of hearing what the under-pressure PM had to offer policy-wise, all we got was a corny and almost embarrassing string of truisms, including, you know, this clangor of a quote, you have to accept that some days you're the pigeon and some days you're the statue. Yeah, all right, well, sometimes you're the windscreen, sometimes you're the bug. Right now, I'm the bug and Scott Morrison... Well, he seems to think he's the statue with everybody, the pigeons, crapping on him from high. Uh, I disagree. I think he's led, uh, you know, uh, this is all his own doing. Uh, As usual, there was the very Morrison-esque deflection strategy on full display when quizzed on increasingly unflattering opinion polls. What do we hear? Well... Statistics are like a lamppost to a drunken man, more for leaning on than illumination. It was vintage, Scott Morrison. Word salads, one-liners, but really not much substance at all. Some may argue this makes him more relatable. Posing as the daggy dad from the Shire who embarrasses his kids, but given that he's faced constant criticism over photo opportunities during his tenure, I think the jig is well and truly up. Whether it's washing a woman's hair in a salon, yeah, or smiling from a plane's cockpit, Australians, I think, are seeing through the charade. Is it charade or charade? And then there's Jenny Morrison. Look, I like Jenny Morrison. I think she, uh, well, I mean, I don't, how do I say it? I think she came across as pleasant and still, until she started bashing up Grace Tame and all the rest of it, but otherwise, I think she's you know a pretty pleasant woman, and you you would have to agree that, that you know to be the wife of a prime minister would be a pretty challenging gig. Um, you know, you got all the perks and the lurks, and uh, you know a taxpayer expense, couple of mansions, but still, 
you know, you wouldn't have your husband around much with all the criticism and spotlight that he's under constantly. It'd be pretty difficult. But anyway, Jenny on 60 Minutes was promoting, uh, well, they were promoting Jenny, I guess, as being there for her get square moment against those who many believe have slighted her husband. You know, the leaked text messages from Deputy PM Barnaby Joyce and that side eye from Grace Tame at the Lodge. Of course, Jenny Morrison said that she was disappointed by Grace Tame's lack of manners. I noticed as well, interestingly, as um, I had a look on social media before the 60 Minutes show, a stack of Liberal MPs took to their social media accounts in the hours leading up to the broadcast to counter the inevitable social media pile-on that would follow, and that's pretty telling. Jane Hume, for instance, the Senator. I'm sure many on here, particularly the drips, will make the choice to tweet abusive material about the PM's wife and children tonight. If you choose to do so, know this. Your vicious misogyny says everything about your character and nothing about theirs. I don't know. I didn't see too many attacks on uh, Scott and Jenny Morrison's children, certainly on ScoMo and Jenny, the adults. Anyway, but I'm, I reckon there would have been many, many current MPs grimacing and rolling their eyes at the television as that spot went to air, you know, including the ukulele bit. I imagine there would have been many of them. And of course, for Labor, it did provide another opportunity to attack the coalition, uh, all substance, I beg your pardon, all uh, show and no substance. Yeah, what did you make of it? Let me know. Uh, many of you have already in the comments to the piece that I've written and shared on the page. Meanwhile, Anthony Albanese, look, he's no stranger to the photo opportunity, though for some reason his jaunts into public spaces, I argue, seem to be a little more credible. Indeed, he was recently criticised for not inviting the media. Remember that? To his trips to coal mines in the Hunter region and also Queensland. Oh, that thunder. For the most part, though, Albanese's strategy of near invisibility so far seemingly allows the government to self-implode. And they're fighting amongst themselves. There's no doubt about that. And a number of pieces of key legislation they wanted to get through just hasn't eventuated. All right, uh, personal attacks. Well, they continue, of course. Personality politics, uh, politics, it'll play a major part in the upcoming election campaign. The recent US election... Well, that placed the candidate's character front and centre, didn't it? Donald Trump viewed as a loose cannon, while Joe Biden is over the hill and senile. Uh, well, I tend to agree with the uh, sleepy Joe. I mean, he didn't get that nickname for, for no reason. A nice enough bloke, but boy, oh boy, out of, what, 265 million people in the United States of America, uh, that's the best they could do. Personal attacks back home are already starting. Labor Deputy Richard Miles has openly called Scott Morrison a liar. Josh Frydenberg, well, for his part, he's starting to pen opinion pieces claiming that Anthony Albanese can't be trusted. And most of that is, you know, about the economic management of Albo and certainly 
whether or not Labor will form some kind of alliance or reliability with the Greens in order to get elected. I think that's not the case. Albo will have to try and sell that, though, to the Australian people because that will certainly be an attack angle that Scott Morrison and the Coalition will go heading into the next election. All right, well, you can hardly blame our politicians. Uh, what with the 24-hour news cycle and gotcha moments capable of shifting opinion, not that there's anything wrong with our leaders, I guess, showing their softer side. It's just that it all seems so terribly corny. Most voters, though, aren't silly. Uh, they can smell a fake from a mile away. And Scott Morrison, I would argue, has never found that ideal balance between jingoism and reality. Who knows, maybe the Prime Minister's office thinks it's better to crack a, a joke with Carl Stefanovic than it is to face a snarling Lee Sales and a retiring Lee Sales. I was very sad to read that. Who do you think should be a, uh, a replacement for Lee Sales? Who do you? Some people have mentioned the likes of Hamish MacDonald. Mm, no thanks. Uh, Stan Grant has been a name, uh, another name thrown into the ring. Who do you think should replace Lee Sales? Leave your comments below the podcast here on the Facebook page. Look, it seems advisors to the Prime Minister will try and keep him away from the harder inquisitors for as long as possible, maybe. As I wrote in my piece, he'll pop up on Kyle and Jackie O, or Jonesy and Amanda, or even 2GB as he tries to repair some of the damage and try to present Scott Morrison as, as one of us. As Anthony Albanese once pointed out to me, and I thought this was pretty telling, ScoMo should be called Promo. All right, on to other things, and uh, seeing as though I've had a little spare time lately, I've been sitting on my ass watching a few things, and I've just binged this new Netflix series, How Wonderful is Inventing Anna? Have you seen it yet? Have you started watching it? only dropped a, a few days ago. Um, it's an American drama right now. It's produced by... Ooh, thunder. Shonda Rhimes, inspired by the New York Magazine article How Anna Delvey Tricked New York's Party People. It was written by Jessica Presler, and there's a character in the series that's based loosely on her... The series released on Netflix just a week or so ago. Julia Garner, isn't she wonderful from Ozark? She stars in the title role. But uh, for me, I really love the character Vivian Kentz, played by the beautiful Anna Chlumsky. Is that how you say her surname? Chlumsky. Vivian. Um, Vivian Kent. She's a journalist. Not only is she still reeling from a professional scandal... Don't we know about that? That hurt her journalism career years ago, but she's worried about what her career will look like after giving birth. Anna Delvey is perfectly positioned to help Vivian tell the story she's always waited for, and Vivian is determined to figure out how Anna fooled so many influential people into believing that she was an heiress with a bottomless well of family money. I think her role was brilliant. Uh, I'm not going to say too much more about it. I would certainly hate to uh, <laughs> to give it away, uh, be a spoiler. I liked it, though, and I would certainly recommend it to anybody. 
Alrighty, well, uh, that's almost it for the first of our prawn casts. I'll do another one in a couple of days. Just thought I'd do a, a little intro one tonight, just to test the equipment to see how it goes, see how it sounds, and hopefully the next time uh, I chat with you, uh, <laughs> there'll be no thunderstorm and no lightning. Very, very frightening. Anyway, it makes it interesting, I guess. That's the first prawn cast. I hope it was interesting. Please let me know your thoughts on the Facebook page, and I'll mention a few comments in the next chat. Till then, prawny out. Bye now.